welcome to the Human Flourishing Project. I'm Alex Epstein. The topic of today's episode is how lucky we are to be alive right now. Now, many of you who have heard the or seen the musical Hamilton will probably know that expression. It comes up in a couple of the songs, including the song uh, The Schuyler Sisters. They say, look around, look around. I'm not going to attempt to sing it. Uh, Look around, look around at how lucky we are to be alive right now. Look around, look around at how lucky we are to be alive right now. History is happening in Manhattan, and we just happen to be in the greatest city in the world, in the greatest city in the world. And the thing I really like about this expression is it's an expression of appreciation. And as I've discussed on previous episodes, appreciation is this incredible phenomenon that I'm trying to understand better. I think it often is attempted to be captured under the heading of gratitude, which I have some issues with, as I addressed in previous episodes. Um, But let's just suffice it to say, there's a lot of amazing benefits that come from proper appreciation of things. One I've been thinking about recently is that appreciation adds a lot of joy to life by creating unexpected positives. So you think of like unexpected positives, this is in the context that a lot of how we experience life is based on expectations. And so for example, somebody who expects everything to be easy and to go well and like just positively in their favor, they can have a life that someone else would think, wow, that is amazing, so much happened, and yet the person will be miserable having a set of actions and consequences that other people would say, wow, that is totally amazing. And yet the person's irrational expectations cause them to experience misery. Whereas, you know, somebody else without those kinds of expectations would have, you know, could have the same life and be like, wow, this is amazing. Look how far I've come. Look what I've gotten to experience. And for them, the negatives would be like, yeah, well, of course I expected some negatives. That's, you know, that didn't, I wasn't expecting anything different, but I didn't even expect that it could be so positive. So that's, I had an episode on uh, an exploration of expectations where I discussed some of that. So you think about in contrast, well, so it, it's, you're changing your expectation in a certain way to avoid this chronic problem of taking positives for granted. And so when this expression, how lucky we are to be alive right now, makes us think about, okay, what what things are there in the world today that I'm really great? I'm really glad. I was going to say grateful. So that that is interesting. That I think that that I really appreciate um, existing right now. And in this, and and in particular, what this captures is things that exist in the, in the society. So I'm not talking so much about like, okay, I'm really grateful for this person that I know or this this person that did a certain thing for me. Though those can happen. And I, and I am noting, by the way, that I am saying grateful and appreciate. So I'm, I continue to think about what's the relationship uh, between those and why I prefer appreciate, but then sometimes I use uh, grateful. So I'll continue thinking about that. But whichever one you use, I would suggest focusing on appreciation. This, this idea of thinking about, okay, what do I appreciate is important in terms of the idea of I really appreciate certain things about the world that are true right now. And I think it's particularly important because it's very easy to not appreciate certain things about the world right now. And there are plenty of things to not appreciate. And sometimes we disagree on what those are. Uh, But 
I think everyone with any view that anyone has of the world today, because there's so much conflict and chaos and different kinds of change in different directions, I think just about all of us will think, yeah, there's a lot in the world today that I'm concerned about, that I don't appreciate, that I think is going downhill. And that can, if that's unchecked and if that's not countered by appreciation of a lot of positives, it can do an irrational amount of, of damage to one's enjoyment uh, of life. So think of it very power, as a very powerful device to think about, okay, how lucky we are to be alive right now. And so what I want to talk about today is uh, just the general practice of thinking of things that you in particular feel lucky uh, about or appreciative of in the world. And I would think of it in particular like, what are things that affect your values concretely? So not just, you can have things like, yeah, I'm really glad that medical care is at a, in a very evolved state. And particularly if you had some sort of medical scare, that could be really salient to you. You could just be, you know, yeah, it's a world of opportunity. But uh, So those are all good. Uh, but there's also just thinking about what some specific things that you, that exist today that you derive a lot of joy from and other benefits from that did not exist, maybe even in the recent past, let alone the distant past. So I'm going to give three examples and just to illustrate how to go about this and then give some general guidelines for thinking of examples of your own. So I'll go through each of these pretty quickly. Um, the first one for me is the accessibility of an aligned audience, the accessibility of an aligned audience. So what I mean is for those of us who have ideas about the world and want to share them, particularly in some sort of professional capacity, there is nothing like today's world in terms of being able to access an audience of people who are aligned with the ideas one uh, is sharing. And it can be aligned as in, it can be they're initially aligned, but I think more importantly, the broader idea that they are potentially aligned, including people who are already aligned, but also people who don't think of themselves as aligned, but might be. So for example, with my ideas on energy, I've recently been sharing them with a lot of people in the crypto slash Bitcoin community. And that has led to uh, you know, a lot of interesting conversations and a lot of people finding value in my ideas. And so that's an example of maybe they didn't think they were aligned. Maybe I didn't think they were aligned, but it turns out there are people in that audience who are aligned. And I contrast this with, I might've told this story on this podcast before, the when I was a, a, a columnist at Duke University for the, I had, I, I ran a paper called the Duke Review, which was my own I mean, I, I ran that actual paper. That was an alternative paper, mostly editorials. It wasn't mainly a news uh, paper. But then the Duke Chronicle, the mainstream publication, had me on as a columnist for a year before I was let go. And I had this column that I wrote where I was sharing my ideas. And my recollection is there are something like 59, that's the number I remember, I, I don't really claim it's accurate, 59 letters to the editor, all negative. And basically no positive. And I usually tell this story in connection with, well, I wasn't deterred because I really liked writing and I thought the ideas I had were important. Um, but it would have been a lot nicer had I been able to access more aligned people. And even that, you know, that we're talking the year 99, 2000 when I was a sophomore. And even then, you know, the infrastructure didn't exist on the internet to really reach all those aligned people versus today with social media, particularly for me, Twitter and YouTube, I would say are the biggest. 
you know, I've just, I just encounter thousands and thousands, probably tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who are aligned or potentially aligned. And that's something I really appreciate about the world. So there's a lot to dislike about different kinds of social media, but the ability to ac access an aligned audience, and that's life-changing for me. It allows me to have a career that I, I could not have at the same scale without that. Uh, my second thing is the, it's another accessibility one, which I think is going to be a big general type of thing to feel appreciative of, is the accessibility of a master level, of master level jujitsu instruction. And, and in particular, accessibility of master level jujitsu instruction um, online. So I think the, then there's, this is when I started jujitsu in 2003, and there was very little in the way of online instruction. And there were different kinds of videos you could get that were good for the time there. But A, Jiu-Jitsu has evolved a lot in the past 17, 18 years. And in general, like most of the knowledge that existed at the time was not available. And now what's happened is, uh, particularly through a website called bjjfanatics.com, although there are some others as well, like the best practitioners in the world are sharing their knowledge and they're sharing it systematically based on a lot of experience as practitioners and as teachers. I mean, the most prominent example of this I've mentioned on a podcast before, it's a guy named John Danaher, who's a philosopher who's had a fantastically successful, was philosopher turned jujitsu master who has this fantastically successful team. And then he has in the past several years been teaching his systems uh, very effectively on video. And then he has this amazing student named Gordon Ryan, who's unequivocally the best uh, jujitsu practitioner in the world, at least without a gi. That's the that's the jacket and pants. So it's like what's what we could call submission fighting. Like he's just a completely dominant in that to this amazing and inspiring degree. And so he himself is teaching his systems as well. And so he'll go through the different situations in jujitsu and really lay out like, okay, here's how I think about this. You know, here are the goals I have in mind. Here are the principles I keep in mind. Here are the specific reactions to these situations. And that's just an amazing resource to have. Like if you, you know, whether you're a recreational practitioner or you want to be the next Gordon Ryan, there's just nothing like this. Even five years ago, it's just evolved so much, particularly with Danaher and, and John Danaher and Gordon Ryan putting this on. So that's just in a world that I'm in, that's just this incredible uh, asset that exists. The final one, final thing I want to talk about being appreciative of is the recreational vehicle revolution. Longtime listeners of the show have surely heard me talk about the one wheel, which is my, just about my favorite device in the world, onewheel.com. And uh, this is a skateboard like device with a giant go-kart wheel in the center that self-stabilizes. So you, you, it's, it's kind of like a hoverboard, but with a giant wheel in it, like a, like a hoverboard as in not the hoverboards today, but the hoverboard in Back to the Future 2 that inspired many in my generation. And it's just this, this amazing thing where it's so intuitive, so, I mean, it's, it's fast, it can go over all sorts of terrain, and it really gives this incredible ability to enjoy the outdoors with a lot of excitement and, I would say relatively low risk when you know when you follow the rules and when you develop some expertise on it. And this is not the only thing like this. Now there are different degrees of safety with some of the things I'll name, but 
you know, one of the things is paramotoring, which I haven't tried and which is probably not as safe as one wheeling, but looks unbelievable. So paramotoring, paramotoring is, is derived from paragliding, which is related to hang gliding, but instead of a, you know, hang glider, it's, you have this giant parachute, which I think is quite a bit safer than hang gliding. So you can do that like jumping off a hill and just taking the wind. But with paramotoring, you have this engine strapped to your back that then just can power you anywhere. And we have some near where I live in Laguna Beach, these guys, these three paramotor guys, and it's just amazing. I know I will totally love it uh, when I do it. I'm still trying to go paragliding, which I'm embarrassed to say I haven't done, even though I've been trying to do it for nine months. Supposedly the, the, the wind keeps failing me, which is funny given that I'm very critical of attempts to use wind as the dominant source of energy in the society. Uh, yeah, so the, they they say it's open 300 days a year, but it never seems to be blowing properly when I am uh, available. But with paramotoring, you can go almost any time unless it's really adverse uh, conditions. So that's an amazing one. Another one is hydrofoil surfing. So they have these surfboards where you can just surf on top of waves. Um, it's hard to explain, but if you look it up, you'll you'll see it. And it's just it's another thing. There's another one actually that I, I tried, which was really fun, which is the pedal kayak where that's probably been around for 20 years or so. I'm not exactly sure, but it, it's definitely evolved a lot. And now there are motorized versions, but basically instead of having a, um, you know, kayaking with the, the oars, you can just pedal. It's this, I think the main one I know of is made by Hobie and it's a really cool experience. It's like a very much more sophisticated uh, pedal boat or paddle boat, however you say it. And it's just an, another case where there are all these machines being involved, being invented and commercialized that allow us to enjoy the outdoors in all sorts of uh, exciting ways. So just being able to go to places that you couldn't go. And uh, this may not be universal, but I, I just really love being outdoors and then having that element of excitement as well. But where I'm really interacting with the outdoors, so where I can, you can feel, you know, you can smell the fresh air and feel the wind and feel the sun on me. So it's not just like being in an enclosed car, although that can be fun as well, or, in, you know, in a plane, it's really being in the open air and just experiencing the outdoors in a, in quite a visceral way. So those are my three things that I think of in terms of this, how lucky we are to be alive right now, but I encourage you to think of your own. Just uh, some categories, I think this might that might help prompt this. So one one category could be what are fields today, like disciplines that are at a good stage of evolution. So you might think, yeah, jujitsu is at a much better stage, or one, uh, you know, another one I think is a much better stage than it used to be is psychotherapy in terms of what's available today, in terms of stuff that's been tested and that works at least quite well. Uh, you know, in terms of what's available now versus what's available 20 years ago, it's definitely not my field of expertise, but I definitely have from what I've seen and talking to my girlfriend who is in the field, um, you know, I think there's just much better options today and much more knowledge about what is effective to different degrees or not than used to exist. So that could be one you might really appreciate. Uh, there's this general category of accessibility, which I mentioned uh, with two of mine, where just because of the internet, there's so much, and then you know, different tools on the internet, including different social media platforms, just the ability to access different sorts of things. Um, anything that can be put on the internet uh, can be accessed, and that, that just leads to all these amazing possibilities. There's new kinds of products, so like those recreational vehicles are just one of many types of products that exist. Um, there can be an art 
or artist that you really like, and that can be uh, broad. So I mentioned this guy in jiu-jitsu, uh, Gordon Ryan. So right now he's he's just at a level of dominance in jiu-jitsu that really has no has no recent precedent. So just for jiu-jitsu people, I mean, that there are kind of two figures that might be on that level in the past. So there's a guy named Hodger Gracie, um, but I don't even think he was as dominant as Gordon Ryan, although he was dominant with the the gi and without the gi. And then the the kind of ultimate dominant legend in jiu-jitsu is an idol of mine, um, Hickson Gracie. And he, you know, he was before they had as much competition, but he like just won all the time in every medium and just was totally viewed by everyone his contemporaries is just on a totally different level. So whenever you get these people who are just on a totally different level and there's competition, but nobody can do anything about them, that's a really cool thing. Or you just think about like when Michael Jordan was at his peak there, and those are just athletes, but of course there can be you know TV shows or things that you like there. I even, you know, one that I don't, I don't have a hundred percent love of it, but I am very impressed is the show Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David, who's the co-creator of Seinfeld. And I mean, that is really impressive. This guy has had a a show that's very relevant and funny, and it's been on for t- literally 20 years. And it's still to the point where, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the next season. So that is quite an impressive guy and quite an impressive uh, product. You know, another thing could be, this is a little bit more personal, but like people you get to work with. So I have a few people in particular that I get to work with. And I think, wow, I'm really, really glad and appreciative that these guys are alive and that I'm in a position and they're in a position where we can work together because that doesn't always happen. Uh, and then a final one, this another personal one is just, you know, appreciating a particular stage of life. And this is, um, so for example, um, I think people with kids should have this and really have this. I, I have this a lot with my dog, uh, Sherlock. You know, so he's two right now and he's, he's just at a, at a great, stage of life where, and I really just every morning, I really appreciate him and I get excited to see him. And just, I, I do have that, that experience that I would like to have even more generally of other things where I just think, yeah, like I'm, I'm so glad I have this dog and like, you know, I'm really glad that I'm alive right now and he's alive right now. And I think with, you know, with dogs that that can be particularly, um, salient because, you know, the dogs don't live as long as we do, although he is going to live, you know, I'll do everything I can to make sure he lives a very long life uh, for a dog, but I really do hold it in my mind as, yeah, like I'm really, I'm really glad that he's around and that he's in this great state that he's in and I am going to enjoy that. I've, I found the same thing, you know, with older relatives. So my, uh, one of my grandfathers in particular, the last of my grandparents to die, I really, you know, he was the one I was closest to. And I really like toward the end of his life made a point. I really appreciated the time I had with him. And that just made it, you know, that, that, I mean, that led to a lot of really satisfying experiences and it made it a lot easier to deal um, when he did die, because I did feel like, yeah, I really made the most out of this opportunity. I really appreciated the opportunity to spend time with him. And I took that time. So those are a number of ways in which you can appreciate how lucky we are to be alive right now. And I think that will uh, bring you a lot of joy. So encourage you to do it and let me know your results. 
As always, if you have any questions, comments, love mail or hate mail, you can email me at alex at alexepstein.com. You can discuss this on Facebook at facebook.com slash human flourishing project. You can sign up for updates at humanflourishingproject.com. I'm pretty sure it's working right now. If not, just send me an email and say, you know, HFP updates in the subject and I'll put you on that list. And that is it for this uh, every two week episodes. I'll be back in another couple weeks. Uh, Have a great time until I talk to you next. Until then, I'm Alex Epstein. This has been the Human Flourishing Project.